Turning your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. We're beginning, as we say this semester, SBI, a study of angels. And angels are a topic of interest. Really, anyone who's ever studied the Bible or has been taught or looked at the life of Christ or anything, you're going to see that there's these angels and these spirit beings everywhere. And we know that we say things like angels and we say things like demons and we say good angels and bad angels and things like that. We know from the Bible there are what we'd call good angels and what we call bad angels. In this study, what we're going to do is try to look into detail who are these angels? What do they do? What are they like? Are there types of angels? In the last few years, there's really been a fascination with spirit world. And when I say spirit world, we're not talking necessarily about Christianity. We're talking about Eastern mysticism and the occult and uh, people talking about the spirit world. I'm amazed at the rise of the occult. Even, even just almost, you turn on the TV and they've got, the, you know, these palm readers from California or something. And uh, We went down to the coast. Uh, we always say we went to L.A., which is lower Alabama. We went to lower Alabama to go to the coast. And as we got close to the end, Sarah was in the car with us. And she said, look, at the, we, passed, we passed, what, three, four different palm readers, three, four different places to get your fortune told. This is in the south, you know, Alabama. And we're saying, why are people into all of this? And so there's a lot there. Even in the Christian world, there's a fascination with the supernatural part. And there is. Uh, uh, several years ago, it's been a good number of years, but a guy by the name of Frank Peretti wrote a book called This Present Darkness. And in that book, he emphasized angels. And when he wrote that book, I had people coming up to me saying, because in the book, now, he wrote afterwards. He said, please don't, he said, please don't use this book as theology, because he had it that if you prayed, angels got stronger, and if you didn't pray, angels got weaker. And people were coming up to me and saying, you know, if we really pray, will angels get stronger? I said, where did you get that? And they said, from this book. And later, Frank Peretti wrote and said, please don't try to get theology. That was just a book I wrote. So, But because it dealt with angels, there were a lot of people looking into that. And uh, their books galore. I saw a, a book the other day that said uh, had some chapters. How to get in touch with your personal angel. How angels can help you in your life, and all kind of things like that. We're going to have a whole section. We'll, I'm going to go over the outline in a minute. We're going to have a whole section dealing with the occult, because angels deal with the occult, because the occult is satanic. And Satan is an angel. And so we're going to talk about that as well. There's a lot of misinformation today. We want to know what's right. What are they like? How powerful are they? What, uh, what, what kind of things go on? As we look at the study, we want to see the Bible. And we want to see Scripture, of course. And we're calling this study Angels and Demons. The truth is, when, no matter what you study, it all goes back to our Savior Jesus. Because we're going to see his interaction with these beings and how it all fits together. So we want to gain from that. Well, let's do this. Let's just talk. People are interested. And, and by the way, I want to do this. Uh, since I've never taught this in this setting before, I want to have it open that I know it's a big group, but if you've got a question or a comment or input, stop me anytime. If it's something that I know for sure we're going to cover later, I might say, hey, listen, hold on. We'll get to that like in lesson five or something. But sometimes if you bring up something, it may be that everybody else is thinking the same thing, and I'll say, well, let's talk about it real quickly. It may not be necessarily in that lesson, but that's what we want to do. People are interested in spiritual things, and we know that we know that it's more than uh, things are more than physical. We already know that the Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes that God has put eternity in our hearts. We know there's something more than now. We know there's a future. We know that people die. We know that, that something happens when people die and they go places. We know that looking at the Bible, Jesus is going to come back one day and there's going to be a kingdom and all of those kind of things. And there is an unseen world. And, and we realize that there are spirit beings in this room right now. We know that. They're everywhere. And there, it, it, there's, it, there's a move today towards spiritual. And as I said a while ago, when we say spiritual, we're not talking about Christianity, true Christianity. We're talking about anything that's supernatural and occult and channeling and tarot cards and seances and fortune tellings and all these things that people are doing. And it really amazes me because people are looking for something that's beyond this physical realm. And they know, and there is a spiritual realm, uh, but there's just we don't see it. So they're turning to supernatural. Well, are there angels? How do they fit in? Uh, are there beings uh, in our room even now that we can't see? Have you thought about that? There are beings in this room you can't see. 
And uh, so look at Hebrews 13 for just a second. Look at verse 2. Look what he says. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. In other words, show hospitality to people. Why? For by this some have entertained angels without knowing it. He says that sometimes people have entertained angels without knowing it. Do you remember when Lot uh, was in the city and these men showed up? But in reality, they weren't men. Who were they? They were angels. You remember when Abraham was sitting out by the tent by himself looking out way out into the distance and suddenly three people appeared? One of them was our Lord and the other two were angels. And sometimes things happen. Uh, I want to tell you a story. I have a friend that in, he was in Stillwater. It's been about, hmm, it was in, in the mid-50s. 1950-something, they lived over in a section of town that tended to flood. And one day, the rain started coming, and it started flooding. And at this time, he and his wife, they had two kids. And one of the, their little boy was about um, eight, six years old, and their little girl was about four years old, four to three years old. And the water was coming up rapidly, and they got out of the house, and they said, we've got to get... We got to get across, and the water was beginning to get higher and higher. And they said, We got to get across, get in the car, and get out of here because it's all going to flood. And all of a sudden, uh, my friend said, A guy said, Hey, let me help you. And he said, Okay. And so he took one of his daughter, he took his daughter and got her across the water. And then he got his son across the water. And then, as my friend was going to thank him, he's gone. And he looked up and down, and, and he could see everywhere. And he said, There's, there's nobody here. Who was that? Who was that person that helped me get my kids across the water? Now, if you talk to him, he would say, I think that must have been an angel. Have you ever seen or had any input with angels? Uh, Billy Graham said that when his grandmother died, she said, by sitting in the bed, I see the angels. And then she died. I was in the uh, room with a man who passed away while I was in the room with him. And he sat up in the bed right before he passed away and he looked to the corner of the room and he said, I see the angels. We already know, and we're going to talk about it later, that uh, when in the story of the rich man and Lazarus, it says, when Lazarus died, the angels came and took him. When a rich man died, it didn't say that. It just says he was buried. There's a possibility that angels come to get us when we die. Good angels when believers die. By the name of John Patton, who was a missionary to the New Hebrew Islands. This is back oh, close to the 1920, 1930. And they had just started a mission there. And the natives came and told them, we're going to burn it down and kill every one of you. And so they shut the door, and they said, what are we going to do? And they kept waiting for the natives to come. And the whole night, they never came. And they got up the next morning, and they never came back. And about a year passed, and John Patton found some of these natives, and he said, because things had changed over the, you know, a year, and he said, do you remember the time y'all were going to come kill me? And he went, oh, yeah, we remember that time. We were going to kill you. And they said, why didn't you come kill us? He said, well, because when we got to the house, there were hundreds of men wearing white garments with swords around your house. So we decided to leave. <laughs> now, some people say, Is that, were they angels? Did God, for some reason, send angels there? Now, you could say, well, what about, I had a friend, they died, they, the angel didn't help them, or something. Like that. So, are there times that there are appearances of angels in some ways? Um, you remember uh, in the Old Testament when they were surrounded by an enemy and one guy said, I don't know what we're going to do. And the other guy said, just look. And suddenly he could see the hills were angels everywhere to defend them. And so, are there angels? Do angels do that sometime? He says, the writer of the Hebrews, and we don't know who it was that wrote the book, but he says, don't neglect to show hospitality by some have entertained angels without even knowing it. I think he's referring back to Abraham and to Lot. But there's a possibility it could be us. Who knows? Throughout history, man has always believed in the spirit world. What do people say when somebody dies? What comes back? What do they call them? A 
ghost. Yeah, is there any such thing as a ghost? Of course not, there's no such thing as a ghost. When a person dies, what happens? Their body goes on the ground and their soul and spirit, if they're a believer, goes where? It says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. There's no spirit being of a, of a person floating around haunting houses. There's no such thing. Now, there may be demonic beings, spirit beings, somewhere doing things. So I don't know. So when we look in the Bible and we think about the, the Bible as the source of truth, we realize there's no such thing as a ghost, of course, but there are these spirit beings. The Bible is full of references. So let's look at this. Spirit beings, what are angels? Well, the Greek word for angels is angelos, A-N-G-E-L-L-O-S, angelos. And it looks, it looks like angels. It's a Greek word. And here's what it means. It means messenger. So the word for angel actually means messenger. Huh? Yeah, it looks like angelos. A-N-G-E-L-L-O-S. Okay, and that's the Greek word for angel, but it actually means messenger. So think about this. What, what angels are or what? They're God's messengers is what they are. Uh, the Hebrew word is M-A-L-A-C-H, malach, malach, and it means messenger as well. It's the Hebrew word that's translated angel, but it means messenger, M-A-L-A-C-H. So that's, that's the two words found throughout the Bible that are saying angels, messengers, both Hebrew and Greek, Old Testament and New Testament. When you think about it, there are over 265 references in the Bible to angels, to angels. Our goal as we study is to see who are they? How do they relate to us? The good, we want to see the good and, and the bad and their ministry and all of those things. So if you have your outline, which is that, that should be in, sort of in the front of your book or the first page or something, pull your outline out for just a second or just flip over there. And I want to show you the, some of the things we're going to do. By the way, the outline is, is uh, in progress, and I'll show you what I mean. Uh, we're going to begin with introduction. That's what we are tonight. And we're going to look at the spirit world. And we're going to even raise some questions on why should we study angels. We'll also tonight get into the existence of angels. We're going to go back to the Old Testament and the New Testament and even the creation of angels. As we continue on, maybe next week and on weeks, that we're going to start talking about the nature of angels. What are they like? And then the organization of angels. We, there are groups of angels and there's classifications of angels. Uh, you don't know if you realize that. There's names of angels. In fact, if you probably, right now, if I said, do you know any names of any angels in the Bibles? What, what are some of them? Michael, Gabriel, huh? Lucifer. That's at least three we know of. Okay? And can you think of any types of angels? A, a archangel, a cherub, cherubim, a seraphim. You know, the, what you start saying, oh, yeah, different kind of angels. And we're going to look at names of angels and specific designations of angels. Then we're going to get into the ministry of angels. And when we're talking about angels, we're talking about the good angels. Because um, we're going to see a little bit further down the thing, we're going to get into the bad angels. But we're going to talk about some special aspects. We're going to see what the good angels do for God, what the an good angels do for us, and what the good angels do for Christ. So that's got about the first four or five lessons, okay? Then, as you know, then we're going to get into what I call the dark part. Because we're going to talk about the devil and we're going to talk about demons. So section 5 is the devil and section 6 is the demon, demons. And we're going to look at the background of the devil. I think it, you, you, most of us know, everybody knows things. They say, oh yeah, yeah, he was like anointed cherub and he loved something with God and he, he got mad. He wanted to be like God and God kicked him out. And, and somehow we think a third of the angels went. And, and if I said to you, how, why do you think a third of the angels went? Where did you get the idea that a third of the angels went with him? And what, what, he was called an anointed cherub. Cherub? When you think of cherub, what do you think of? Don't you think of this little thing with cheeks and a little, little, you know, and he's got a little air and he's, you know, you don't want to mess with a cherub. Let me just tell you something. Uh, do you remember the Ark of the Covenant, right? If you saw Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, Ark of the Covenant, right? That was the very best representation I've ever seen in a movie of the Ark of the Covenant. What's on top of the Ark of the Covenant? Two angels with the wings spread out like this? Those are cherub, cher cherubim. And they don't look like a little chubby guy that's going to shoot a little bow and arrow, does he? No. So <laughs> these, you know, angel, when we start looking, listen, there's some angels that's got six wings and eyes everywhere. 
and different faces and hair. And so when you tell your wife you look like an angel, be real careful <laughs> because that may not be the greatest thing you ever told them, you know. <laughs> and, you know, we always say angels and, and we think of women, but most there may be only one place in the Bible that it appears that an angel might be a feminine form. Everywhere else, they're not feminine forms. Let me put you that, put that way. So we, we're going to look at them. We're going to look at the, the background of devil. We're going to see his creation. We're going to see his fall, what happened there. Uh, it's, there's a lot in there. And then we're going to see his sinfulness, what he does. We're going to look at his names and titles because that, the names and titles tell you what he's like. It tells you his character. Because that's what the Bible is all about. Then we're going to talk about his positions. We're going to talk about Satan's ministry. His ministry to God. What does he try to do? What is his plan? What does he do with Jesus? What does he do with us? And then we're going to see Satan's judgments. Uh, he's going to be judged. Now there's, there's three different places he's going to be judged. And we'll see that as well. And then we'll look at the believer's response. How do we deal with the devil? Then, as you notice, this last one where it says demons has only got three parts. I haven't expanded all that yet. It's going to expand out. And we're going to look at the background. We're going to see a lot of good things about it. We're going to talk about the ministry and the destiny of these beings. And so it's, there's so much there. And, and so we'll get all that as we get into it. So and if you've got questions, comments, remember, stop me. Um, raise your hand, do anything. So let's, let's get started. Let's look at what I'm calling here the, the introduction. Let's talk about the spirit world. Let's talk about, did you get a notebook? Notebook. Um, somebody just grab her a notebook right there so she can have that. Yeah. Okay, the spirit world. What do you think, I brought it about a while ago. What do you think of when you hear the word angel? What do you think? Yeah, with something with wings, yeah, and, and, and sometimes I think of something that's real shining, bright, because when I look in the scripture, it said they looked over and they were like two men in shining garments or something. You think about that, maybe you think of a small little, little creature, or you think of something that came to Mary. Who's going, and, and told her she's going to have a baby. Or you think of the shepherds and this angel appeared and they were so afraid and then the whole host of angels appeared and you think about that. Or you see that famous painting where these two little children are walking across this bridge and it looked like they could fall off and there's, you don't know the famous picture and there's the angels back there sort of guarding them. Is that what you think of when you think of an angel? And let me raise a question. Are there guardian angels? And are they, you know, so we begin by realizing that there is a spirit world that we can't see. And, and unless God allows us to see it. I mean, Daniel saw angels. Jesus saw angels. Abraham saw angels. Joseph, we're starting the Gospel of Matthew, right? In chapter 1 and chapter 2 of Matthew, an angel comes to Joseph four times, all in a dream. Four times. So we're going to see all kind of things. Well, in Ephesians 6, it says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? Against world forces of wickedness, against powers, against principalities, against spiritual darkness. Uh, so there's a battle going on. And as I said a while ago, uh, I, let me say this in a kind of a scary way. We're talking about things that Satan does not want us to talk about. Now, anytime we present the gospel, he hates it. We get up on a Sunday morning, we say, Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died and rose again. You believe in Him. You have eternal life. Satan hates that. He hates that message. Uh, when we start talking about Satan and the demons, and we're talking about who they are and what's their destiny, they, they hate it. And they're in this room. They're in this room. There's good angels and bad angels in this room. I'm sure there are. And, uh, and there may have been times that you never knew it, that an angel protected you, that you didn't even know it. And, and, and uh, that's why he even says, you know, be careful because you may entertain angels you don't even know about it. Martin Luther said this. I think it's a great one. He said, Martin Luther said, an angel is a spirit, spiritual creature, a creature without a body created by God for the service of Christendom in the church. He said there are these beings created by God. Now, there's good and bad angels, right? There's good angels and bad angels. There's good angels that help and serve God, help man. I got it down there. The good angels, they serve God, they serve man. Uh, Hebrews 1.14, we'll look at that in just a second. And then there's good angels, uh, there's bad angels. 
They're actually against God. They're against people. And there's good angels. Uh, that Sometimes they're called elect angels, by the way. If you want to write that down, sometimes they're called elect angels. Sometimes they're called demons. Uh, the other ones are called demons, the bad ones. Let's look at Hebrews. You're in Hebrews. Look at chapter 1 real quick. Just flip over just a few pages to the front of the book of Hebrews to chapter 1. And I want, to show you, I want to show you a good angel, what good angels do. And he's talking about angels. Is everybody there? Hebrews 1, verse 14, he says, he's talking about the angels. In verse 13, he says, to which of the angels did he ever say this? And then he says, aren't these angels ministering spirits sent out to render service for the sake of those who will inherit salvation? Who inherits salvation? The believers. All of us in this room inherit. God has angels to serve us. And you might say, well, when was the last time an angel served you? You don't even know. You don't know, but they, they're doing things. Angels are there. There's also bad angels. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, that's in your handout. You don't have to flip over there. But it says that Satan has angels of life. They, they come as, as, as pretending to be good. Listen, I've had people tell me, Oh, last night um, uh, something came to me, and uh, I think it was God, and they told me some things. And I said, what did they tell you? And they said, they told me that uh, I didn't need to evangelize anymore because God's already got that done. And I said, well, that's not from God. I can tell you that right now. I, I have to tell you this. This is so weird. I have to tell you this story. I'm just looking at the clocks if we got time. Uh, I had a friend that when I was in college, I was on the track team, and, and I had, to, we had my good friend, he was a triple jumper. He was really a good athlete. And... I didn't know this, but I led him to Christ. I mean, I, I didn't remember it. And, and some years later, he called me out of the blue. I hadn't heard from him in probably 15, 18, 20 years. And he said, J.B., you remember me? This is Eddie. And I said, hey, Eddie. He said, I just want to start off by saying thanks for leading me to Christ. I said, really? I mean, I didn't remember it, but I guess I did. So that's a crown right there. I didn't know what I was going to get. But anyway, <laughs> I said, so Eddie said, you're not going to believe what happened to me. I said, what happened? He said, well, one night I couldn't sleep, so I got up and I heard these... Uh, angel singing. I said, really? He says, so I went down to the living room and uh, I could hear angels singing coming out of, in that back in those a stereo system, speakers. And I said, well, is it, was it turned on? And he said, no, in fact, he said, I went back there and it was unplugged, so it wasn't even on, but I could hear these angels. And, and I said, so what happened? He said, well, an uh, 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 angel said to me, you've been chosen by God and I, I want you to write down certain things. We've got the Old Testament, the New Testament, and you're going to write the new beginnings. So I'm listening to this over the phone. And I said, really? And I said, well, what did they tell you? And he said, well, it, it took a little bit, but they came back and told me that there were three things. Three things. Number one, the Jews aren't God's people anymore. That salvation isn't by faith, it's by works. And that the book of Revelation is wrong. There'll be another ending. And I said, Eddie, that didn't come from God. I said, first of all, Jews, people, they're always going to be his people. And second is, salvation is always by faith and not by works. And the book of Revelation is the end things. And he said, oh, no, no, no. And so we talked, and, and uh, he, he kept getting revelation from these things. And I, I, I thought maybe he had like a brain tumor or something. Because, I mean, all, he was just abruptly changed. And so I... I got his wife on the phone, who I never knew, because I didn't know her no until after they were married. And I said, uh, tell me what's going on with Eddie. And I thought she was going to say, we don't know, Eddie's kind of gone off the deep end. But she said, we're just so proud that God has chosen Eddie out of all people in the world to give us the new revelation. And I said, I told Eddie, I said, Eddie, go to the doctor, because number one, this isn't from God. And so sometimes... There are things that come that people think are from God. And, oh, it's, I had this dream, and it's from God. And, and so you've got to be real careful because they're bad angels. And, and God, you know, they come as angels of light. They come in that way. Uh, Ephesians 6, this is a great conflict. We're not wrestling against who? We're not wrestling against people. We're wrestling against spiritual forces. So the people, the people that don't believe like we believe, they're not the enemy. The people who reject Jesus Christ are not the enemy. The people who don't hold to the same message that we do, they're not the enemy. Who is the enemy? Satan and the angels, the bad angels. That's the enemy. That's the, the wicked part. 
So uh, they, you can remember that uh, in Daniel chapter 10, uh, Daniel had this, the, the angel came to him and the angel said, I would have been here sooner, but what? I've been in a battle with another angel, with a bad angel. So where in the world do we get our information about angels? What do we do? What do we have on your little hand out there? It's the scripture. Second Timothy 3, 16, 17. All scripture is inspired by God. And so what we're going to do as we study, we always got to go back to the Bible. What does it say? How does it fit? That's what we're going to look at to gain these things. We've all got stories. I've got people, I remember a lady calling me one morning and she said, I, I, I had a dream, I, I, last night Jesus appeared to me. I said, really? She said, he appeared to me and I said, where did he appear? She said, it was at the foot of the bed. I said, how did you know that Jesus? She said, look just like him. I said, <laughs> and I said, and I thought, I said, well, how do you know what he looked like? She said, look just like his picture. You know, and, and we know that those are just drawings. Of, so you got to be real careful when you start getting into the spiritual realms of what's right and what's wrong, and so we got to always go back to the Bible. So let me, let me give you five things right here. Why should we study angels? Why should we do it? Number one, we, so we could gain an understanding of the spirit world. So we can gain an understanding of the spirit world. Because there is a spirit world out there. There's an unseen world. There's a spirit world. God is a spirit. There are spirit beings. Our battle's not against people. As John Milton wrote, he said, there are millions of spiritual creatures walking the earth unseen. Now, that's kind of scary, isn't it, when you think about it? <laughs> There's beings out there that we can't see. So number one is we might gain an understanding of the spirit world. Number two, that we would understand the sovereignty of God as far as creation is concerned dealing with these angels. So understand the sovereignty of God dealing with his creation and angels and all of those things. Because it all goes together. That God created all things, including angels, and they're under his control. And even Satan, how evil he is, and even the demons, how evil they are, they still are limited in one sense by our sovereign God who works all things according to the counsel of his will. We are not at the mercy of the devil or anything, actually. We rest in the sovereignty of God. The third thing on why we should study angels is that we want to see sinful man and angels interaction. How do angels interact with us? That I'm going to show you something that you may, this will surprise you. As you write that down, write down, understand sinful man and, and interaction with angels. And when you get that written down, you're in Hebrews, turn to 1 Peter, okay? Turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. I want you to see a verse that you might not have ever seen. And I remember the first time I ever saw it, I said, are you kidding me? Okay, so let me ask you a question. So you, you think that, you think there's a people, right? There's us, right? That's us. And then there's these beings that we can't see. And there's good ones and there's bad ones. And God has allowed all this. In fact, God's created all this, right? Do you ever think of what either the good angels or the bad angels, what do they think about us? Let me throw something out, and we're going to talk about it more in detail in the coming weeks. When the angels sinned, right? Angels sinned, Satan sinned, other angels sinned. We'll get to that later on. What did God say about that? What, is, what, is he got, what, what was this plan with them? What's this plan with the bad angels? Do what? Are y'all, I mean, let's face it. Sometimes we're afraid to say anything because we're afraid we're going to say it. That it's wrong. We're going to say something that's wrong. And if you say something that's wrong, I'll just get up, you know, laugh and make fun of you and everything in the class. But the truth is, no, the truth is, we go, I, I think I know. What's supposed to happen to that bad angels? They're going to go to the lake of fire. That's right. And, and God didn't say, now, if you angels will get your act together, I won't send you to the lake of fire. What's the plan? They're going to the lake of fire. The, the lake of fire was prepared for the devil and the angels. Then, then mankind sinned, right? And what did God say to mankind? Like, <laughs> you're going to the lake of fire. That's not what he said. In fact, what did he do? He provides a way of salvation. Now, let me ask you something. Did he provide a way of salvation for angels? No. Did he provide a way of salvation for men? Yes. If you're an angel, what might you say? Why? Why? Yeah, that doesn't seem fair. Why? Okay, look at this. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1. I want, uh, I want you to see something. Um... 
Verse 10, as to this salvation, he's talking about the salvation that God has prepared. He says, prophets prophesied and they talked about the grace that was going to come. Old Testament was telling about the coming Messiah and they were seeking to know the person of the time of the Spirit of Christ. They were saying, boy, the Old Testament prophets were talking about when the Christ was coming and they would love to have come and seen him. And then it goes down in verse 12 and says, it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves. The prophets weren't serving themselves, but you. Peter says, the prophets wrote this information for us that in these things which they have been announced. And then he goes on and says, to those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Now watch the last part of the verse. He's saying, they, we now have this message from God about the Messiah. And then it says, things into which angels long to look. You know what that says? It really in the Greek it says, angels desire to see what God's doing with us. Angels are actually saying, I wonder why God saved these people. I mean, they're bad, right? They sinned, right? God put them in the greatest situation they could ever be in, right? I mean, it's called the Garden of what? Eden, and we call it what? Paradise? So you're in the best place you could ever possibly be, and what did they do? They rebelled. Angels could say, he put them in the best place possible. They rebelled, and yet God provided a way to save them. We're angels. They rebelled. God provided no way. How does it all fit? Let me throw some things out. Yeah, but, okay, but that's exactly true. But he had angels first, see? And, uh, and, and, and an angel could say, well, that, it doesn't seem fair that, that when we messed up, he didn't fix it for us. They messed up. He fixed it for them. And then there's a whole view that the whole reason of creating man and saving man was to show Satan who rebelled. You ever heard that? There's all kind of things out there. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it because there's a lot of things. So where are we on number two? I kind of lost where I am. Are we on number two? Okay. Oh, we're on, oh we are on number three. Okay. So the, the first... I, did we finish number three? Yeah, they, they desired to... Uh, yeah, we're, we're still on three because I'm still thinking about, uh, <laughs> about angels' desire to what? To see what God's doing. Okay, let's go to number four. Okay, and that is understand how to deal with satanic attacks. The devil's a powerful angel. What does he want? What's he trying to do? How can we have victory? How, how, we're going to see truths to help us deal with these attacks. That's one reason we want to study it. We already know Ephesians what? Ephesians 6, what do we call? Put on the what? Put on the armor of God so you can stand against what? The schemes of the devil. I mean, we've got, we got scripture. One of the reasons we're going to study all this is to make sure we know how to deal with that. And then number five is so that we can stand strong for God in a fallen world. How are we going to have victory? How can we gain the victory? There's so much there. So uh, those five things, just, I, I'll just put those down for you, to, you know, that we'd understand the spirit world, we'd understand the sovereignty of God and, and the angels and understand how sinful man and angels interact, what angels think about us, how that we can deal with satanic attacks and how we can stand strong for God in a fallen world. So that's kind of some ideas on why should we study it. So let's talk about the existence of angel, Old Testament, uh, angels, Old Testament and New Testament. So when we think about the, the, the angels, they're all over the Bible. They do exist. Uh, there's some people who don't think there's anything like that. I've had people say to me, if you can't see it, it's not real. I said, well, can you see electricity? Because it's pretty real. It'll put you to pieces. But anyway, things like that. So we can't see these beings, but they are real. And of course, some of them have, you know, come so where you can see them. But in the Old Testament, there are over a hundred references that might surprise you. I would have figured there was more in the Old Testament than in the New Testament, but there's not. There's over 100 references in the Old Testament. Genesis 19. I want you to flip there. Abraham had a nephew. Anybody know Abraham's nephew's name? Lot. Genesis 19. Now, the two angels came to Sodom in the evening as Lot was sitting at the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground. These are, he thinks they're people. He thinks they're just people. And they tell him, he, he said to them, why don't you come aside, we'll do this. And they said, no, no. And he told, you know, then, you know, we know what happened. Uh, they, he thought they were just going to come spend the night. Bad stuff happened and the angels basically told him, you've got to get out of town because we're fixing to destroy the place. That's angels. 
And look at Daniel chapter 8. Just flip there. I know it's just a lot of turning, but I just want you to see some of this. Look at Daniel chapter 8, basically 15. Or, and if you're turning there, let me just read it to you. It says, When I, Daniel, I had seen this vision, I sought to understand it, and there was one standing before me who looked like a man. And I heard a voice of the man on the banks of Uli River, and he said to that man, Gabriel, give this man understanding of the vision. Who was the man that he saw? It was Gabriel. Yeah. Now, who's Gabriel? You know Gabriel, right? Huh? He's a, well, they're all, the name angel means messenger, but we see him coming a lot of times to give messages. I mean, you know he came to who? He came to Mary, didn't he? Didn't Gabriel come to Mary? Yeah, he came to yeah, he's pretty old, right? I mean, he's around at Daniel, he's around at Mary, you know? So, uh, these angels are amazing. I think one of the weirdest things to me is in Job. Let me read this to you. Job chapter 1. Well, I don't want you to have to turn there just because of time. Listen to this. Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. Sons of God are another name in the Old Testament for angels. So the angels were coming to God, and who came with them? Satan. And this is the story of Job, where Satan basically went back and forth with God over some things. So angels are everywhere. Um, think about the New Testament. Okay, there are over in the New Testament there are over 165 references to angels in the New Testament. In Matthew chapter one, if you go to the top of the next page, in Matthew chapter one, an angel comes to Joseph. You remember that in Matthew one? This is when Joseph said, and we're going to see this uh, in the next couple of Sundays that Joseph has found out that Mary is pregnant and he he's not the one, and so he thought the best thing to do is to put her away privately, and in a dream, an angel comes to Joseph and tells him, don't do that. At the birth of Christ, Luke chapter 2, one of the most famous passages, angel said, I bring you good news of great joy to all people born this day in the city of David is a Savior, Christ the Lord. And, you should, you know, and so all these angels came. It was fantastic. We all say they sang. It didn't say they sang at all. Have you ever read it? It doesn't say they sang. We all said the angels sang at glory. It, no, it doesn't say they sang at all. So you, they might have sang, but it doesn't say they sang. Okay, and then Peter in prison. One of my favorite passages. Let me just without just just mark down Acts chapter twelve. Um, Peter's going to be put to death the next day. They've already killed James, and they're going to kill Peter. And so he knows the next morning they're going to kill him. And they got all these guards everywhere, and Peter is tied, chained to a guard in the cell, and he's asleep there. Would you sleep if this was your last night and you know they're going to kill you the next day? You might be, I don't know, telling what you'd be doing. And he's asleep and an angel appears and hits him and wakes him up. Chains fall off. Tells him to get on his clothes. It describes Peter putting on his clothes. And then the gate, the door comes open. They go right past the guards. They go out to the city gate. The gate going out into the city opens by itself. And Peter and the angel come out, and then the angel disappears. And Peter goes, I guess God wanted me out. And he went over to John Mark's mother's house. As an angel did that. At, think about the temptation of Christ. If you want to write in Matthew 4.11, the temptation of Christ. Angels are there in, in several ways, okay? Uh, Matthew 4.11, the temptation of Christ. That's what we want you to put there. Um, who was with Jesus in the temptation? What angel? Hmm? Huh? Lucifer. Lucifer. Oh, he's there. And then when Lucifer leaves him, according to Matthew, what? who comes? Some angels came to minister to him. They're everywhere. They're everywhere throughout the Bible. In the ministry of Christ, Mark chapter 1, verse 27, he cast out a demon. In Luke 22, verse 43, there's all kind of aspects of the angels are there. And, and by the way, when Jesus gets arrested... What did he say when Peter said, let me, let me cut somebody's ear off? What did Jesus say? And then I, did this. I can call what? 10,000 angels? I can call legions of angels. I can call all kind of angels anytime I want to. Over, there are over 65 uses of angel in the book of Revelation. So, here's a question. How many angels are there? 
Does it ever tell us how many angels there are? Are there a lot of angels or a small number of angels? We already know that angels don't reproduce. We'll talk about that and make sure you got it later. But angels don't reproduce. So whatever number of angels there are, that's the number of angels, right? And so they don't reproduce. But uh, in Hebrews 12, 22, it says this. He says, But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and myriads of angels. And myriads means thousands and thousands and thousands. And let me read something to you there in, in Revelation chapter 5. Listen, I don't know if you, if you haven't done this. Go, go to Revelation and read chapters 4 and 5 and see what heaven looks like. See what it's going to look like around the throne of God in the heavenly places. And by the way, when we say heaven, the Bible never says heaven in a singular. It's always the heavens in the heavenly places. It's always plural. best that we can understand, let me just give this out for you, but the best we can understand is there's three heavens, at least three different heavens. There's the first heaven, the second heaven, the third heaven. The third heaven is where God dwells. The second heaven most likely is where the angels dwell. And the first heaven is where people dwell. It's the atmosphere. And so we're going to see that there is in the heavenly places where God is and where the angels are, they come together at certain times around the throne of God, and it is amazing. But listen to this. That I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands. What did he say? Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of angels. These beings are everywhere. It, it's amazing. We think about us and we say, well, you know, God made people. People are so important. And we are. We're real important. In fact, one day we will judge the angels. We'll talk more about that as we go through the study. But there's so many angels. So I want to look at something right. Let's talk about the creation and there's three questions things. How, when, and uh, how, when, why. How, put out beside how, how, by God. How were they created? They were created by God. When, he put out beside that, before our world was formed. And we'll talk about why do we think that? Because we really don't know, and, and we'll, we'll show you what we've looked at. And then why? Why would God create angels? And the answer, simply put, is to glorify God. We're going to get more information than that. But why is anything created? Glorify God. That's really it. So let's talk about how they were created. I've got for you Colossians 1.16. It just says this, By Him all things were created, both in heavens and earth, visible and invisible. What's visible? The creation, like here. What's invisible? Angels and beings, whether they're thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all have things have been created through Him and for Him. Psalm 148 verse 5 says that all things were created by God. John chapter 1 verse 3 says that all things came into being through the Word, Jesus Christ. So how, how did these angels come? They came because God created them. I think he created them. We'll talk about it in a minute. I think he created them before he created us. I, I think we're going to see some kind, of, some kind of cosmic something with these beings, let's just say angels, and people. And why? Why is all this? And there's God. And he created these beings, and he created these beings. These are angelic beings. There's, there's the divine being, the angelic beings, and the human beings. And why? And why... Why are, the, there's the, why are there these spirit beings everywhere, all throughout the Bible and all throughout our world and all throughout the heavens and the earth? Why are these these spirit beings? Why did he do this? I've got here that there are types of beings. First of all, we've got the Lord, which is Lord God. You can put the God. That's, he's the, the creator of all things. He's always existed. He's the supreme being. He's a spirit being. Jesus Christ is a, became a human being. But the first type of being is God, so to speak, the Lord. The second one is angels. Angels come under God, and angels come above us at this stage. At this stage. And uh, angels are very powerful beings. We know that one angel killed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers in one night. One angel killed 185,000 soldiers in one night. So they're very powerful beings. That's why whenever you see in the Bible 
that an angel appears and they realize it's an angel, a person, they're afraid. They're always afraid. Mary was afraid. Shepherds were afraid. Daniel was afraid. In fact, Daniel passed out twice. And they had, the angel had to come over and touch him and help him stand up on his feet so he could hear the message. So angels are very, very powerful beings. And I've got a question for you. I just want you to think about it. We see that angels, good angels, take forms of people, right? They look like a person sometimes, right? When Abraham was by the tent, there were three people who came up. One was God, Jesus Christ, in a pre-incarnate form. And the other two were angels because they're the two angels that went over to see Lot. So we see that, right? And an angel came to see Mary in some kind of form, right? Tell me what kind of form a demon takes. When you think of demons, what do you think of? How do they appear? Okay, when Jesus saw the demons in the New Testament, where did he see them? They were in people. They were possessed, right? Can you think of a demon other than Satan that Jesus had contact with that wasn't possessing some person or in a bunch of pigs, something like that, right? Can you think of anything like that? I've got a friend that did a study, and he actually thinks that what we would call fallen angels and demons, he says they're two different things. Now, I don't agree with it yet, because I'm looking at his premise and trying to read some of the stuff that he wrote. But it seems to be a little bit different that you see good angels take the form of them, and the bad angels seem to possess something. So, just something to think about. After the angels, there's man. Psalm 8, man is made a little lower than the angels. We've got body, soul, spirit. We're supposed to rule the created order. By the way, I want you to think about this. Uh, God put man in the garden, right? And he's supposed to be the what? He's supposed to be the king of the world. Who's the king of the world? Adam was. He's the king. Listen, you realize who he is? Out of the whole world, he created this man, created this woman, said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the whole earth, subdue the earth. You're going to control the world because you're the king. You're the king of the world. And what happened? They rebelled and lost the kingship. Who got it? Satan got it. God let Satan have it. Satan's the god of this age. He's the king of the world. The book of Matthew tells us who is the king of the world. Were you listening, Sunday? Who's the king of the world? No. Jesus is the king of the world. He's coming as the what? The king of kings and the Lord of lords, right? Who's got it right now? Satan. Who's supposed to have had it? Man. But who, who is the perfect man? Who, this is the first Adam. This is the last Adam. He's going to come and rule what should have happened here. That's why Jesus is coming as the king. That's the promise. The Messiah is coming to rule the world and take the kingship back that man lost to Satan. See? So that's something we don't always think about. Then below man is animals. Uh, and, and some people are like animals. Uh, we love animals. Right? Don't, don't most people love animals? And God made animals for us. Let's face it. I mean, when you got a dog and you look at that dog and that dog comes and loves you, you say, why does this dog love me? Because God just let dogs love people. You know, right? He did. He did. He made and, and it, horses and every kind of thing. It's just, it's amazing. Now, because of the fall, because of the fall, they're scared of us. Right? He said he, he put the fear of man in animals. That's why you start going through the woods. They're all running away. You can't find anything in there. You know? And they hear you come and they run off. You just see a pretty deer somewhere and you go, there's a deer. And you look over there and they look at you and they're gone. Right? What do you think it was like before the fall? I mean, Adam named every one of them. Do you think they were running off? They weren't running off. In fact, they may have could have talked. I don't know. Let me just say this. Let me say something. When the serpent came and talked to Eve, did she seem surprised that the serpent talked to her? No. Mm. Do you think maybe animals might could have talked? I'm just throwing this out. Could they might have talked before the fall? I don't know. doesn't say. Probably not, but that's something good to think about. One day, God is going to redeem us, and we're going to be above the angels. 
Angels do not reproduce. They're sometimes called sons of God. So how were they created? They were created by God. When were they created? Now think about this. When were angels created? We know this. It was before the fall of man, right? Right? Why? How do you know that? How do we know that angels were created before the fall of man? Yeah, we know that. Who, who brought about the fall of man? Satan. So that's an angel right there, right? Okay, so angels had to have been created before man. In Job uh, chapter uh, you know, 38, uh, Psalm 148 basically talks about he created it. Uh, probably before the creation of the world. Job 38. Let me read something to you. This is Job 38 verses 4, and seven, four through 7. Listen to what this says. Job, he's, he's tell, God is talking to Job and says, Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who set out its measurements since you know? Who stretched out its line? Who put it all together? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Now who are the sons of God in the Old Testament? Angels. Who, who is rejoicing at the creation of the world? Angels. So I somehow, he doesn't tell us when, I think God created angels. And then later he created our world and, and, and Adam and all of the stuff, okay? Now, the big question is, and we're going to talk about it, about the fall. When did this fall happen? Did this fall happen before this creation? And that this creation has something to do with this fall? Or did God create angels, create the world, and then Satan fell and came into the garden. When did it happen? We have no idea. It doesn't tell us. If I'm guessing, just guessing, I think that God created the angels and they fell and then he created our world. But there's no biblical basis for any of it. We do not know how it happened or when it happened in that sense. We do know that angels were created before this world because it says they sang and rejoiced at this creation. So... When you think about it, there are two groups of angels. And let me give you a way to put it down. We can say elect angels. And when I say elect angels, it doesn't mean elect angels that he chose them and picked them or something. They're just called elect angels. Uh, and that means the good angels. And if you want to write down 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 21, it talks about these angels, these good angels, so to speak. And then number two, there's what we call the evil angels. I've got a friend, a guy that I know that wrote a book, and his, his book was entitled Angels, Elect and Evil, meaning good and bad. We'd say the good angels, the bad angels, the elect angels, the evil angels. Uh, elect angels could be good angels. What do we sometimes call the evil angels? Demons. We do. We call them demons. Now, let me just throw something out. They, we know that that whole lake of fire, which is eternal separation from God, was created for who? The devil and his angels. The more you think about it, do you see in the six days of creation anything dealing with the lake of fire? You see the heavens and the earth and, the, and, and everything, heavens and earth. Do you see lake of fire anywhere mentioned or anything about it? In fact, you don't even see angels mentioned in those six days of creation, right? So I think the angels were before then. It's even a possibility that the fall happened before this creation and he created the lake of fire which is for the devil and his angels before all this. People always say things like, you know, when you die you go to hell. Well, when a person dies, do they go to hell? No, not now. When a person dies, they go to the heart of the earth in a place called Sheol in the Old Testament, Hades in the New Testament, the lake of fire. Nobody's in the lake of fire at this point. In fact, the first two people thrown in the lake of fire is what we call the Antichrist and the false prophet. That's right after the tribulation. And then Satan is cast into the lake of fire uh, at the end of the, th of the thousand year reign. And then unbelievers are cast in the lake of fire after the great white throne judgment. So if somebody says if a person dies, they go to hell. No, they don't, they don't go to hell. If, if we mean hell being the lake of fire, they go to the heart of the earth. We talk about that sometime. That's Luke chapter 16. If you ever want to look it up, Luke 16 talks about the heart of the earth and that place called Hades or Sheol. So we got two different kind of group of angels, elect angels and evil angels. Now why? We've already seen when 
and how and why? Why would he do this? And I got three things. Number one, to glorify God. Number two, to serve God. And the other one, number three, is to serve people. So think about this. Created angels to glorify God, to serve God, and to serve people. I want you to think about to glorify God. In Colossians 1, 16, he basically says everything was made for him, for him, for him. In, in a Revelation, I, I got to read this to you because it's just too good. Revelation chapter 4, you don't have to turn there, just listen to this. And there before the throne, there was something like a sea of glass. And in the center around the throne, there was these living creatures, four of them. And they had eyes all, everywhere. And the first creature was like this lion. And the second creature was like a calf. And the third creature was like, had a face like a man. And the fourth creature was like an eagle. Who are these? Who are they? They're angels, yeah. And, and the four living creatures, each one of them had six wings and, and full of eyes. And they said, what did they say every day, day and night without stopping? Anybody remember? Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who is, who was, and who is to come. And they said it, did they say it just occasionally? They say it without stopping. They're angels that continually praise and glorify God. It goes on to say, And when the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fell down who sits on the throne. And then they, everybody says, Worthy are you, O Lord, and our God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things because of your will they exist and were created. This is the angels around the throne of God. And what are they doing? They're just praising God. They're bringing glory to God. What do we do on Sunday morning? What are we supposed to do on Sunday morning? We come, we come together to worship Him and to glorify Him. And when we sing songs, that's why it amazes me. Somebody said, I don't like that song. I said, you don't like that song about Jesus? <laughs> I mean, it may not be the tune that you like, and it may not, but you're saying, I love Jesus. I hate that song. Oh, really? You do? You don't like that song? I'm real mad. You know? and so, think about it. Think about what you're saying when you're saying, I don't like that song. It's praising Jesus Christ. You say, I don't like that. Oh, you don't? Okay, write another one. You better write another one fast. But anyway, think about this. To glorify God. That's, wow. I, I just, can you imagine what it's like when Christians are lifting up their voices and praise and adoration to the living God and angels and God, they, they know it. I mean, that's what they're doing all the time. It's amazing. The second thing is to, is to serve God. That's what they do. Psalm 103, verse 20, it says, We are to obey Him. They obey the voice of the Lord. He, that he tells them to do things. And Daniel said angels came and told him to bring, that, that God said, bring them a message. Joseph and Mary, but angel came, Gabriel came to, to them and said, this is what God told me to tell you. So they, angels serve God, and they're messengers for God. That's what they are. But here's one that we don't always think about. They serve people. Now, I love the one in Hebrews 1.14. We already looked at that one. But they, they minister to us, and we don't even know it. Do you think an angel somehow served you today? A spirit being created by the living God who, who cares nothing except serving God totally all the time served you somehow today. Most likely. And we didn't even know it. We didn't even know it. And we talk about God's grace. And we say, oh God, you're so good to us. We don't think about the fact that he does things that we don't even know he does. He sends beings to help us that we didn't even know we needed. We didn't even know it. Ministering spirits to those who inherit salvation. But you know what? You know, this is amazing. He, he uses angels to serve unbelievers. Anybody know who Cornelius was? Cornelius was this Roman guy. And he was religious. And he prayed all the time, but he wasn't a believer. You know, I've had people come in my office and I say something about Jesus Christ and all that, and they'll say, oh, 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 I love God. I said, really? Yeah, oh, I pray every day. And I start talking to them. They've never trusted Christ as their Savior. In fact, they don't even have a clue what it means to be a Christian, except they tell me how much they pray and love God. Well, can you pray and love God and not be a believer? Yes, you can. Cornelius prayed and loved God, but he wasn't a believer. And an angel from God came to Cornelius and said, Cornelius, he went, yeah. He said, send to a town, to Lystra. I mean, to a, I can't remember the town. He said, send to the town. There's a guy named Simon there. When you get there, send people. He will come back and tell you how you can be saved. 
So he sent messengers. Peter goes out on the top of a roof and has a dream about all his animals coming down. He looks up and there's people out there and then the Holy Spirit says to him, go down, see those people and do what, go with them because I've sent them. And so they, they, he comes down and these guys say, Cornelius told, ask us if you'd come over to his house. <laughs> so Peter goes and he takes six Jewish people with him because he's going to the house of a Gentile and you're not supposed to go to the house of a Gentile if you're Jewish. Peter hadn't put it all together yet. And when he gets to the house, Cornelius has got all of his family, all of his relatives. They're all there to hear the message of how they can be what? Saved. And Peter walks in. Cornelius falls down in front of him. Peter says, don't, don't worry. Don't worship me. Get back up. And he gets back up. And he says, why did you send for me? He says, well, the angel came to me and told me to go get you because you'd tell me how to be saved. And Peter says, well, good idea. And he starts telling him, and they all trust Christ. So who was involved in all that? An angel. Of course, God sent that angel. Wow. Are there guardian angels? Wow. Look at, I want to read this to you. And you tell me what you think. Because I've heard all my life there were guardian angels. Matthew 18, verse 10. See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I say to you that their angels in heaven continually see the face of my Father who is in heaven. And it says, their angels in heaven. These little ones, angels in heaven. Do you think they're guardian angels? I think there's something there. They're very powerful. What, what now? What's little ones? I, I think he's talking about young people, little people that are believing in, in the that are believing in Jesus. Listen, there are young people that believe in Jesus Christ, and sometimes people turn, try to turn them away from the truth about Jesus Christ. There are young people who come off to college and get into some classrooms, and the goal of the professors is to destroy their faith. This is, it, you, you've heard me say this before. I'm just going to flat out say it. Listen, there's a, there's a teacher on that campus who teaches religious classes, and his goal is to destroy the faith of the kids, especially the Christians, when they go to those classes. His goal is to destroy their faith. I tell kids, they all come up to me and say, Hey, I think I'm going to take a religious class. I said, Don't do it. Take an SBI class. It'll be better for you. At least you'll get the Bible and you'll get the truth and you won't doubt your faith because he'll tell you that none of this is true. I don't care if he knows. I mean, I've, I've spoken in his class before. It just breaks my heart. So, uh, are there guardian angels? I think there are. They're very powerful beings. As I mentioned a while ago, one angel killed 185,000 Assyrians. Angels are very, at the top of the page, angels are very powerful. And Zacchaeus, uh, Zacharias, John the Baptist's father, was troubled. Shepherds were afraid. Daniel lost his strength. Listen, if an angel appeared in this room to us somehow, we would all be afraid because they're so powerful. But they serve us and they serve God. That's hard to imagine. Now, say that again. It doesn't say that. It does say these little children. It says, See that you do not spise one of these little ones, for I say to you that their angels in heaven, they're going back to the little ones, angels in heaven continually see the face of my fathers in heaven. It appears that he's saying that they're watching out, and whether it's an individual angel for a person or just angels are set out to help watch out for people, uh, that's there. So a guardian angel could be not that you got a particular guardian angel. Yeah, right. Maybe, maybe not. Mine, I hope mine's tall. You know, I hope uh, if I get one, I'm getting a tall one. <laughs> Maybe it'll just look tall if it's by me. But anyway, uh, there are two things I want you to think about as we get ready to close. Number one is angels are not to be worshipped. Now, that sounds funny to us. Revelation 22 right at the end, John sees an angel and falls down in front of this angel, and the angel said, Get up. Don't worship me. Worship God. Angels are not to be worshipped. But here's here, you say, well, who worship angels? Well, a lot of people do. Anytime you get into a cult, anytime you get into false religions, that's worshiping Satan and his system, and they're worshiping. And think about the end times when you get to the tribulation time period. Who are they going to be worshiping? They're going to be worshiping the Antichrist, but the Antichrist is demon possessed. So, so we're not to ever worship angels. And then number two, remember that angels are subject to Christ. Subject to Christ. And that means both good ones and bad ones. Remember when Jesus would see a, a demon in a person? What did a demon say to Jesus usually? 
Have you come to judge us before our time? They know they're going to be judged. Angels are smart. They lived a long time. They've existed a long time. They're not like people. They don't come and go. You know, we, we live a certain period of time and then die and then we get... They've always existed. Since their, since their creation, they've existed and they're going to keep on existing. And that's why Gabriel can say, yeah, I knew Abraham, I knew Daniel, I knew Mary, and I know them all. I mean, it's, you know, because I've always existed through all this. So, one of these days, God's going to judge them all. So, let me give you this as we end. Let me give you a summary. So, did they not ever die? No. You're not going to die. Human beings don't die. No, but the angels. No. They live forever. Even the bad ones. Where do they go? Lake of fire. Um, oh, shoot. I can't, I'm looking for a verse, but I can't find what I was looking for. It's the, the Matthew passage that says that it's signed for the devil and his angels because it's, they're, they're going to be tormented forever. Forever. There's a, there is a, a lot of people who, who do, wanna, do not want to think that bad angels or unbelievers will exist forever. They don't want to think that. They want to think they'll be annihilated in some way. But the Bible never says there's annihilation. So, <coughs> summary, three things, or four things. Number one, there is a spirit world including both good, oh, including God and angels. There is a spirit world including God and angels. Number two, there are both good angels and bad angels. I'm sorry to go a little long tonight. We should have stopped a while ago. Uh, I had too many stories. Number three, angels were created by God before the creation of our world. I think that because they rejoiced when our world was created. At least the good angels did. And number four, angels are to glorify God, serve God, and serve mankind. Angels are to glorify God, serve God, and serve mankind. So to end it up for us, two, two quick applications to think about, and then I'll give you the quiz real quickly. Uh, two applications. Let's gain an understanding. This is our goal. Let's gain an understanding of angels. That let's, let's look through the Scripture. Let's see what we can find. Let's put it together. Let's say this is how we see angels. There's going to be some things just you don't have answers for because He doesn't give you everything. So let's gain an understanding of angels. Application number two, let's realize that we are in a spiritual battle. Number two, let us realize that we are in a spiritual battle. Number one, gain an understanding of angels. Number two, realize that we're in a spiritual battle. Number four, angels are to glorify God, serve God, and serve mankind. These are just summaries of what we've seen. Number three, angels were created by God before the creation of our world.